This episode of Murray's Mates is brought to you by Swanson Asset Management, Scotland's property management experts. Sam specialises in contract management, regulatory compliance, defect diagnosis, procurement and stock condition surveys. Call Sam on 075-8722-4322 or email samltd2017 at outlook.com. Welcome back to another episode of Murray's Mates. This week I have got Paul with me as always and we are joined by Ian Buckin or Bucky, uh, the goalie coach at Lags. Uh, just to learn a little bit more about him, I believe you're now the, the kind of probably the second uh, oldest player we've had on, just, just behind Milky. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. <laughs> we have a bit, a bit of movement on him probably at times. <laughs> but... Uh, it's, it's you're definitely going to have a, a lot of different things to say, Bucky. Uh, just to, to begin with, how how did you kind of get into football to start with, especially as a, a goalkeeper? Because let's be honest, none of us started out wanting to be goalkeepers. Aye, well, yeah, correct there. I, I started on the, the right wing from a BB <laughs> way back. I'll not give you a year right now. Right? 1971, that's my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I used to play in the right wing for my, my boys' brigade team. Then it was, I just, I used to play with my pals and I was always good in goal. And I thought, that sounds better for me. Get in there and uh, see how I did. And I just stuck from there on. It was, it was good. I enjoyed it from there on. Uh, and I played for my, my school team. And, uh, and I actually went on to play for my uh, county, Renfrewshire, uh, then, and things progressed from there, right up to now, you know, that's how I basically started. Uh, in terms of boys club, did you play much boys club, or were you... Uh, I, well, I, started, I was in the St Andrews boys club, and that's where I met Jim Marner. Jim, oh yeah, uh, Jim Marner. Uh, and Lars, uh, and he actually was at Kilburnie, then... And funny enough, I went from uh, my next uh, amateur team, which was the Bel Air, and I got signed for Kilburnie way back in uh, 78. Uh, so I joined Kilburnie way back then. It was Scone, who, who sadly died a couple of yeah. weeks back. Uh, it was Scone beside me. Uh, when you talk about how you, cha- how you started off as right back, uh, what kind of moved right you uh, right win? What kind of moved you toward the goalkeeping? I once read a story that Peter Schmeichel, one of the greatest goalkeepers of our times, was moved from outfield to uh, goalkeeping as to coach his coach. He was a bit wild. Was that the same was that the same kind of reasoning for yourself? Well, no, as I said, I, I played my pals and I was always pretty good at it. You no, know, they were always oh, you should play goal all the time because I was always saving their shots. I thought, I'll give it a try. And that's basically why. I mean, uh, you got to be a wee bit daft to be a keeper, right? And they're diving at people's feet when somebody's trying to kick your head off. But hey, hey, when you say boys' brigade football, I think it kind of shows how different football in Scotland is now. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's beyond recognition in the last 40, 50 years. And it's quite, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's quite a time capsule to study that period again. I know, it, was, it was big then, the way back, you know, because 
you didn't have computers and things like that. You just played football every day of the week. So you did football was the thing, you know. That was it. You see, you kind of before you moved into junior football, you were playing amateur football. What kind of age were you at that time when you were playing Annie's? Uh, well, quite obviously, I played for my school team and uh, then went into amateur football when I was 16, 17 with the Bellier. And uh, I enjoyed my time there. I was about three or four years there before I was picked up. And I was tw- 20 when I joined Coburnley. In fact, I met the, the old guy, uh, what was his name? Gus, Gus Black, who is now he's now a party Crystal scout. He was the guy that signed me away back then uh, for but uh, to go to Kilburnie. And I actually met him about three years ago up in the playing fields up in Paisley. And I was uh, running one of my boys' teams. He came up and went, I know your face. I was like, was like I know yours as well. And that was him. He signed me away back then. You remember? Amazing. What kind, of, what kind of upbringing was it for you playing amateur football at that time at, at 16? Was it kind of... Oh, well, you played, played in Blaze Parks, so you did, you know, round about this area, Blaze Parks and the Black Ash Parks, and I've still got it in my knee, my backside <laughs> to this day, and I couldn't go get the scrubbing brush to scrub it out, so it's still embedded in me. Yeah, even, as, even as a wee guy within the last 20 years, I remember playing on the old gravel pitches at Wallingwood in the south side of Glasgow. And yeah. this is only 20 years ago. So I know nice yeah. to, and I played goals just because I just because I was a, a strange, a strange one. Uh, and even jumping at them, I still I still shudder thinking of, of that old gravel pitch, which is still oh. demolished, but I still shudder thinking of it. It's not but it was just no, what I, you had to do at the time, wasn't it? I, no, I padded myself well up. I put big knee pads on under my tracksuit bottoms and uh, pads everywhere so it sort of cushioned the blow as you get fell on it, you know. It was pretty horrendous in them days. But uh, I don't know if the, the astrocturves any better because you get a lot of burns on that, you know. And uh, it's quite hard on your joints, I would say. You know? Yeah, but... We are fortunate we've got a very good quality Astro Tough, but I do know that it's not always universal for yeah. every club, particularly the older types. Uh, you'll be the generation which still associates Astro Tough more with the likes of Queen, yeah. Queen, Queen's Park Rangers, Preston, down south, which was essentially Aye. like jumping on your carpet. Yeah. <laughs> Aye. Uh, I mean, uh, because I've got the parks up this way, there wasn't many teams that played in grass. When I wasn't playing junior football, I played amateur. And I went down to Ayrshire and played my football most of the time. And the amateur leagues. I played even South Ayrshire with New Mills. And I played North Ayrshire with the Girdle Dole. You know, so I was say, I preferred going down there because it was a grass park you played on. Uh, you said you ended up moving to Coburnie. That was your first kind of step into junior football. Aye, aye. It was yeah. the step up in standard like at that time. Oh, I was. Uh, it was hard. It was hard. I remember my first game. It was against Ochin Leckett, Coburnie, and uh, I got a knife thrown at me <laughs> from a crowd. You know, with probably about two thousand people watching. You know, I saved a penalty in the first half. That was my and. Uh, Later on in the second half, uh, there was kids in the back, but it wasn't a, 
a sharp knife or anything. But I remember the, the blade getting thrown out of the park that way. <laughs> that was a nice welcome to junior football. Two uh, hardy players at that time. Uh, what was the, the kind of the state of junior football at the time? Because uh, oh. I know in terms of crowds and things like that, I mean it would have been, it's, it's night and day compared to what it is now. I mean you still I, get. Oh no, it was brilliant. I'll always remember the the, the, the crowds you used to get because we went and played Paul in the fourth fifth round of the Scottish Cup, and there was five and a half thousand at New Owensfield. Unbelievable, you know, and the, the, it was fantastic atmosphere. So it was. I was once told we played Cumnick. This was part of the mid seventies. There was the, it was North and South Ayrshire. Then 1977, when it became Ayrshire, all of Ayrshire, and we played Cumnick. And Cumnick had just won the Scot. They were in the Scottish Junior Cup final this time. This was 1979. It was a few weeks before that final. It was also a couple of days after Thatcher won the election. We'll move on from that. Uh, And I was reliably informed Cumnick brought. About twenty buses. Aye, oh, aye. Them days. And we beat them. Well supported. Aye, well supported. That was. Yeah. You, you find playing in front of crowds. Were you oh, nervous? Oh, see the banter you get. It's not as much these days, but some of the banter you got. Being a goalkeeper, you are close to the crowd, obviously. So uh, the banter you got, you know, and you just gave it back, you know. And if you made a mistake, they were in on your back. If you say one, you were right at them, you know, so you gave as good as you got. Is there, uh, is there any examples you want to give that uh, <laughs> I won't have to censor too much? <laughs> uh, I can't think of anything at the minute. Sorry. <laughs> uh, was there a lot of uh, expectation at Coburnley? Uh, I am reliably informed by Paul that they had uh, not long won the Junior Cup after... Aye, after- that's, that, they were one of the biggest clubs at that time, you know, after... Because Jim Marner won it, I think two two years before, with him, and he'd left, and uh, I there was always big expectations for Coburn at that time, you know, and getting put out by Pollock in the, the fifth round uh, was a hard one to take for them, you know. And at the time, yeah. Pollock went in the big. Well, Pollock were becoming a big team. This is was all because uh, as you said earlier, uh, the Ayrshire football was in League One, League Two. And they were central league, you know, mm-hmm. and they uh, get up there to get one over than them because it was always a Ayrshire versus uh, Glasgow district, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it was a uh, dragging rights there. I think for the younger audience, it's hard sometimes. This is more just of an aside comment, but it's hard for for context for some of the younger listeners. It only be- Pollock only became the team they are round about the late seventies, early eighties. Because prior to the folding of Third Lanark, Pollock were actually a fairly average Glasgow team. Yeah. I think it just shows how generations can change. Because well, the fact that there were five and a half thousand at that game, you know, just had, I mean, people went to watch football at the time, you know, went to watch junior football. And uh, I think that, that day that they had more, well, I'm a Warren supporter, so uh, there was more at Pollock than there was at Capo that day, you know, sort of thing. And more and more in the Premier League at that thing, you know, that division. So it just junior football was good then. It was really good, you know, well support. Why do you think that it was like that, or that was the case that you know you'd maybe get more fans down watching 
the Kobani play Pollock than you would at, at Capo for a Martin game? Was that just a kind of culture thing at the time? People, I was, it was because junior football, and it, it still is good to watch. You know, we, I think Arnie's done a great job, and we play great football when we're playing. But uh, no, then it was the hardy football. No, there's a lot of good players about. You know, really. A lot of good players. Because the boy that I played with, big John Hagen, he, he, he was Leeds United were wanting to sign him. He went away in trial with him. You know, there was a few few good boys that played there at that time. Do you think the the kind of the standard of junior football then was a lot, uh, well, I don't want to say a lot higher than it is now, but the, the golfing class wasn't as big between junior football and the kind of higher leagues of... Uh, I, I think, I think yeah, then it was very high, but it took a, probably took a dip, but now it's coming up to that level again, you know, as you can see with the way Auckland Lake played against a lot of the senior clubs there and get results, you know, so it's definitely coming way back up. Just for some, just to remind everyone, we're actually now part of the senior leagues as opposed to junior, but the point obviously yeah. does stand with the quality of the league we're at. Uh, when teams are able to finally play again within a few months and teams return to playing, it'll be interesting to see what teams do well and what teams yeah. find it a little bit harder, particularly with the, the, the lure of a place in the, the national divisions in yeah. a couple of years' time. Hopefully, uh, some junior teams will go right up, uh, ex-junior teams as we have, uh, will show that if they get a bit of backing, then the way is up and get up through the ranks. Definitely. How did you, you find your time at Coburnley? Uh, well, that time the thing is, I, I departed on a bit of a, I, I get fed up with it sort of thing. I, I think I missed my, playing my mates and stuff like that, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't last week the season, so I went back up, up the road and uh, I, think, I think I finished that season with the Port Juniors. Uh, I, I, it was all right. Kilburnley, but you're training two or three times a week, you know, and it was hard going. And I was only a young boy, you know, just coming into junior football. So, uh, it's funny enough, uh, because I, I signed for Largs the following season, and uh, Largs get actually get fined for playing me because Scone actually did a wee. Uh, <laughs> Scooney was one of these guys who was tricky in what he did, you know. He said, oh, sign on this line, son, you'll be a... just there. And I never knew I was signing a professional form. And uh, I actually signed a professional form. And I thought it was a, an amateur form I was signing. So I thought I could just leave it anytime. But I was still on record as being a Coburnley player. And I went to play Lars for Lars the following season. So... Lars got a fine, but I just played. I had to go up in front of the SFA and plead my case. <laughs> but I got away with it because I was under 23, you could go back to being amateur again, you know. So that was. See, some of the old rules in junior football, they were an absolute. <laughs> they were really. I remember a couple of years ago, we. Uh, like the classic one was reinstatement. Well, obviously, you'll know what reinstatement, you'll remember what reinstatement was, Ian, but for context, reinstatement was if we were to sign a player, he would technically be on our books if he didn't sign for another club. We had a player who played for, I think his name was Stuart Towell about 15 years ago for a short time. 
and he stayed on our books for years afterwards because I don't think he played or he didn't play for our junior club, but he was still technically our player. It was quite... Yeah. And I, I, I used to go to meetings with the West Region and well-meaning rules, but sometimes which didn't really reflect on the needs of the time. For instance, we had a game that was ab- abandoned and it was put it all an old rule was that if it was abandoned, both teams had to get the same gate in a replayed game, which mm. would have maybe worked well with a, a different era when they were bigger clubs. But in the late, this, it didn't really suit the time. It didn't really work nowadays. And it was quite... <laughs> The junior, the junior rule book was quite interesting. It was quite, it was quite, it was quite an interesting thing to navigate. That's what I'll say. Well, some good rules for you. <laughs> like you said, you signed for uh, Lags at the start of the following season. Aye. I can't imagine we've got many people listening to the podcast that would uh, would have been Lags supporters in what part way back then. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what, like, what, what was Lags like at the time? Oh, I, we were in. I think we were. I don't even know if we were in the first, no, or second division. Oh, a second so, division. So we were going to away doing Muir Kirk and places like that, and oh, we were right in the middle of nowhere, you know. <laughs> so you were playing some of these teams, you know. Uh, and, and in them days, you were playing like a, a, a totty field, you know, <laughs> some of the places, was this parts one is good, Mick. Then, did, you, did you ever play at Muir Cuts Old Ground up in the hills? Of, up yes. in the hills? That's yes. something else, that ground I've seen up there. That's something else. Oh, that was unbelievable, you know. I was never, for coming from where I was, I'd never known to get away up. I, was, I didn't even know where I was going, away up in the mines. I think it was Sorn or somewhere. It was way up there, up near that way. Yeah. Mining villages, you know. It was unbelievable, you know. Muircock's an interesting enough away game as is now. Uh, I can remember for being at Salcoats or even going to watch Salcoats play up there. Yeah. And I remember my grandpa saying to me, I like, yeah, their park used to be further up the hill. And I was like, I, I didn't Aye. think it any further up the hill. <laughs> it's very cold. In the middle of winter. Aye. <laughs> Going away to somewhere like that. Yep, definitely. Uh, were you a popular figure at Lags at the time? Uh, were you kind of glad you made the move? Uh, well, I, I got a bad injury. Yeah, I actually, where I worked, uh, mechanical engineers, I actually nearly lost my, my pinky. I maybe showed you the, the pinky I've got. It's uh, goes into four different positions, you know, locks. So uh, I got a bad injury, and that that put paid to my my career. Not for that season, anyway. It logs. Uh, I think I only got three months out it because I. With injury, I got. Uh, but I went back later on, uh, in about 87. Uh, it was Crawford Boyd that was there at the time. Uh, and uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I got another injury. Oh. It was to my knuckle. I broke my knuckle. So I did. So that was. I mean, every time I played for Lags, I get an injury. and that put paid to my season, you know. For oh, a context for the younger listeners, Crawford Boyd used used to used to play for Queen of Southfields. Quite, he was quite he established, was quite an established uh, lower league, uh, lower league player. He, he had you running up the right up the hill, right up the top of the hill. That was your training. 
get up there and run, you know, right away up. It was for miles. You had to run every every week. We had to run that course. Unbelievable. I said, I'm a goalkeeper. I don't need to run. I run. <laughs> How do you find the the training sessions uh, like back then compared to the kind of stuff we do now? Well, goalkeeper, goalkeepers never get there. They had to just train with the, the rest of the team. You know, that was it. Even at Coburnie and all that. No, all these big teams, you just trained with the team. You didn't do any specialised. Specialised never came into but the 90s, early 90s or so, you know. I wish I'd taken on something like that then, you know. Could have made a business with it. And uh, from from Lag, you said you didn't play uh, all that much just with injury and things like that. You ended up going I, to... But I, 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 did, I did go to B's in 84 and 85. And uh, here's one for you. Guess who my left back was? Uh, you know what? I could cheat. I could cheat because it is uh, Paul. Is <laughs> but I'll let you say it. I'll let you say it. <laughs> Stevie Clark. Stevie uh, Clark was my left back. What was he like as a player? Because uh, he was only a young boy at the time, you no, know, same as me. We were young, uh, but he, he, he wasn't outstanding or anything. He was just steady. You know, he was a steady player. You know, he did the business. You know, that was it. Because he was on loan from St. Murna at the time, you know. Uh, so he was just a steady player. Yeah, I know you were saying he was young, but was there, was there any indication at that time that he was like an, an intelligent player that could eventually yeah. step into management? Or is that something you just didn't really think uh, about? I just thought, oh, he's a young boy from St. Murna. He's just on loan, you know, just paying out his time. Uh, no, he wasn't in standout. I would, I would say, you know. To his credit, he had a. Sometimes that works better for some for some players because obviously in a particularly long career, done so for Chelsea yeah. and six Scotland caps, and which yeah. sounds like a pull to return, but he did well. He's a, he's a good. He was a good player. I met, uh, and and he's probably the most important man in Scottish football at the moment as well. So, uh, That's it. I'd argue. Yeah. Perhaps more important to Scottish football at the moment, but he's well. <laughs> uh, from from there, uh, you, you, were, you said about you kind of like playing in Ayrshire and things like that, but eventually you moved back up closer to home to play your football up there. Was that just a case of? Well, I, to home or? well I went to Guru Amateurs then, uh, which was a grass park, <laughs> which was great, you know, and. Uh, and we had a right good season at Europe. Uh, we got the semi final in Scottish, which was pretty good, and we won the league that year. Uh, pretty good. And getting the Scottish of the, the semi of Scottish, you know, at that time there was probably 500 teams in the in the competition. It was one of the biggest competitions ever ran, you know, in, in football. Uh, to get the, the semi final and get, we actually get knocked out in the replay. We went to played our first semi final at Ravenscraig Stadium in front of about 2,000 people, which was pretty good. Ended up nothing each. Then we went to, we played at the Shettleston's ground and it was nothing each. Went to extra time and they scored oh. the last minutes of the, the game, put us out. You know, this was against Motherwell Miners, I believe. Motherwell Miners, aye. Alfie Conn was the manager at the time. He was running them. And it was from there 
it was Alfie Conn that said to uh, Danny McGrain, who was at Hamilton, and he was sort of coaching Matt Hamilton at the time, and he asked me doing for a couple of trials. But then again, it was my, my unluckiness that both games get postponed and I never even got a trial for them. Oh. <laughs> it, it wasn't the injury, it was postponements. So I had two trials for Hamilton Ackies and both gets postponed on the morning of the game. Un- unbelievable. Just wasn't my, my time, you know. <laughs> Do you ever feel that you could have made a, a step up to a higher level? I, I know, obviously, like we said, uh, junior football at the time was a great level, especially when you were playing yeah. for a club like Coburnie, but did you, did you yeah. ever feel that you could have made, made more out of it? Well, I, I never said. I was at Morton when I was uh, 15. But again, injury. I, I, I ended up with tendonitis. And I had to stop it for a year. You know, tendonitis. Uh, my ankle and... Uh, I had to stop it for a year, and I, I, I was playing with it, like, training with the first team at Capo and whatnot, you know. But just had to chuck it because it was far too sore. And that's probably why my ankle is as sore as it is. Now it's gradually coming. When you Hit talk, yeah. when you talk about, if you go back to Largs for a wee bit, you talk about playing for Largs in the early eighties. Obviously, the team would not have been as familiar to you at the time. But now some of the players you played against are quite, again, for some context, the listeners are some major figures in Largs history, one being Peter Valerio, who's still a local publican, yeah. uh, a businessman in Largs. He also played yeah. with John Laird, I believe, who was John a, Laird, later yeah. was a coach. And as you said, John Hagen, who was one of Largs' most recent uh, yeah. junior internationalists. And yeah. also there was Archie Dickey, a trainer who sadly passed away a few years uh-huh. later. He... His award is still in his name, the Archie Dickey Award. Yeah, yeah it was quite, a, it was not on paper, it wasn't a strong era for Largs because at the time we were in the Ayrshire Second Division. In fact, the previous season we'd actually finished our lowest ever league finish in the Ayrshire Era, seventh. But, but there were a lot of major names that my dad will remember, a lot of <laughs> their supporters, committee members that our club will remember. So it was quite, actually, quite. It's quite remarkable. I showed the picture on when it was your, it was your birthday recently, actually, as you know. And yeah. I shared the picture on social media from that squad from 1981. And it's quite a few names that a lot of the older fans do remember. So it was actually quite a, a, a decent large team who maybe just didn't perform as well as they could have at the time. Yeah, you know, you, you were... <laughs> especially when... The, the wee cup competition at the start of the season. You were playing Coburnie and Bead because they were in your section in Salcoats and Ardrossan. They were playing against big, big teams, you know, which were, well, I mean, we gave it. I mean, I've still got some clippings of, of the games I've, I've played in. You know, sometimes they would murder you, but other times we gave as good as we got and we'd, we'd get results against them, you know. We did all right. I thought it was quite strange looking back. I know I've speak, spoken about you on my way, so forgive me. But when I look back at that period, you might not remember this as much, but more of my historical when you compare. I was looking at that season, because I've actually got some curtains as well from that year, because I was doing some research in the club. And we didn't start our league campaign in October, because at the time, the sectional league cup were two games each. So you had eight games to get through, and you didn't start until mid-August. 
So yeah. you had, understandably, it was a bit of a tight squeeze at the end of the season. If you think fixture congestion's bad, no, it wasn't uncommon for teams to be playing in July at the time. Oh, so that was quite yeah. uh so it was quite yeah. it's quite different times. Quite weird hearing you refer to Solcoats as a big team because the Solcoats that I played for were of course not. Uh, but it's, when, I, when my grandpa talks about Solcoats, I mean the stories and things he said were were unbelievable. Were they still quite a big team at the time when you'd have been playing? Well, Lawrence were one of the rear teams, you know, because Lars really hadn't done much, you know, over until basically the nineties, you know, when they won the Scottish, you know, they weren't like. Bobby, as a team, you know, the previous two seasons, seventy nine and eighty, Sulkets were Scottish Junior Cup quarterfinals. Aye. I know that's hard. Sulkets find it quite <laughs> challenging now to compete because there's a lot of bigger teams around them, but they were a big team at the time, Aye, and they do and they do their best in difficult circumstances in twenty in, in twenty in twenty one. What do you think is kind of the caused a lot of the the fall off? Because there's still obviously some massive ex-junior teams now, uh, but in terms of a lot of the, the there's no way I need as many competitive teams all over the place as there was I, now, which I think kind of I, I think it's right across the board, uh, not just junior, the amateur leagues, the, 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 the under-21s leagues, you just need to look at it, from when we used to play it, there used to be thousands of teams, but now they're just you know yourself, Murray. You've had games called off when we were playing with the amateurs, but not because the people couldn't field teams and whatnot. You know, it, I just think it's players are not staying at football anymore. They've got other things to go and do. You know, what your computers and whatnot. Kids love playing computers and that. I'm, I, I was not a computer game player. But, I am. Uh, so forgive me. <laughs> aye, but well, that's it. You know. People more interested in doing things like that, but my heard away back, it was football, football, football. That's all you did. You went out with a ball every day. You played football. You went out with your mates, played football. But now it doesn't seem to be the. Uh, I'll just stay in. There's things to do now to stay in. You know, there's more TV to watch. There's more films to watch. You know, but back then there's four channels on the telly. There was actually there was three in nineteen eighty one. I didn't want to go back that far, you know. <laughs> see in amateur football in North Russia, this is a stat for you. Uh, see, I've got books from nineteen eighty one. At the time, it was North and South Russia, and this was obviously back when it was the Strathclyde region and the districts. Yeah. There were thirty eight, I believe, teams in the north section. Yeah. See, two years ago, there were twelve teams in North Russia. Bear in mind there weren't 38 teams in North Russia. There were 30 teams in the North section, but there were enough 30, 30 or so, 35 or so teams in the South section. And in the last few years, you've lost major North Russia teams, including Nock and Tibu. You've yeah. lost Girdle Toll. Over uh, and Thistle yeah. have been on and off. Uh, if you go, it's in that game you mentioned, we talk about lack of players. You might remember us maybe a few years ago when your local team's idea lost 6 18 nothing to Les Mahego. Mm. They had twelve players. They had ten players that day, and one refused to go out when they were eleven 0 down. So they ended up with nine. That that's that's a serious problem, not just amateur level, a boys level, yeah. our level. I've seen it our level. I remember a player I won't name, but a leading set, a leading team in the West of Scotland League. We spoke to uh, who played a couple of years ago. Their committee 
one of our commitment members openly said to us that they'd lost players who decided to leave after they'd won a major tournament and not play football from it. Um, we had it yeah. when I was focused. I mean, I, I, I played outfield. <laughs> I got a, a game at uh, left mid against Darvel before they were the, the juggernaut that they are now. <laughs> we turned yeah. up to the game with three subs. Boy came off injured, and the other two subs were me and the manager. And I can't believe he subbed himself on first, personally. But uh, <laughs> I got my five minutes uh, when a boy put <laughs> later on in the game. So. Aye. Aye. I just, I think it's we'll. I think we need to be realistic because you'll never get the days back where you had 70 amateur teams in Ayrshire. So you need to, how we how we work best with this. Because see, I know there's, there's been excellent follow-up in the Lowland Development League for obviously our team look excellent. But with the greatest respect, we'd be doing well. Not every team will survive. Not every team will be successful. So it's how we manage, how teams manage with the players who are available pitched into women's football as well through its additional avenues for young women and girls who want to play football. It's just that it's hard to compare with the old days and it's just how it's how we adapt to changing circumstances that will make or break teams. Yeah. <coughs> just uh, to touch back when the, you get into the semi-final of the Amateur Cup, uh, what, which are kind of overriding memories of that cup run because, like you said, there was like five... <laughs> The tournament, so you must have a lot. I must have played a lot of games and a, a lot of kind of. Oh, there was a lot of games. I don't know how many rounds was something like nine rounds or something like that. You know, it was unbelievable. You know, but uh, the way to who was it we played Scone up up in Stirlingshire. That was actually I think we won three one or something like that. But that was a, a, a good game. That one. And that was a hard game, hard fought game. You get up there and. Winning and thinking we're doing something here. We we could we could go somewhere. You know we played some good teams and there was a lot of good teams in the in the Scottish then. You know amateur teams anyway. Did you have any? Did you have any of the big classic trips to Oban, Dunoon, Gilphead, Campbelltown, (laughs) etc., etc.? Any of those trips? Oban Saints were in were. In was a uh, league section, you know, they, they played in the league. Uh, and it used to be kind of good trips going up over there, right? Very good. Yeah, you didn't remember coming back from them. <laughs> I think we carry out suit to that. <laughs> There's been some interesting rumours about teams who are planning to join our league, but I won't name any names because I might be completely wrong, but which include trips to some of these parts of the country. <laughs> we'd enjoy that we'd enjoy that in 2021 22 uh, you said uh, just about there about the bus trips and things like what was the the social side of football like at that time because I mean I know what it's like now uh, I know it's definitely my favourite part because playing definitely isn't <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I remember one trip coming back and I was at Largs and uh, there was a few great boys playing with Frank Malloy and and by John Hagen and whatnot, and uh, I remember one day, one night, I don't really remember how we got up the road, but somebody was driving the car <laughs> way back, and uh, we got into Greenock, and Frank shouted, stop the car, and, and it was a bit branching in Greenock, and we got out and got, grabbed one of the big red cones, and put it in the car wheels, and what are you, the hell are you doing with that? <laughs> Decided to drive back up the road and threw it for about 100 yards up the road, you know. So it was 
Unbelievable. Frank Malloy was playing into his 40s. I remember Lars playing against him oh, in 2005 with the wife. Yeah. Well, Frank, that, Frank and I grew up together primary school, secondary school. And I know Frank very well, you know. That was one of the reasons I did go to Lars, because of Frank, you know. Thank you once again to Graham at Swanson Asset Management for sponsoring this episode of Murray's Mates. Sam provide operational services for planned, cyclical or reactive repair programmes for your property portfolio. Get in touch with Graham by calling 075 87 or by emailing samltd2017 at outlook.com. Um, so was there a point in your, your playing career, Bucky, that you, you decided you wanted to get into coaching or was that something that you hadn't thought about until after you stopped playing? I suppose that uh, your kids come along and uh, it's time to have some more family time, you know. So basically, at that time, in the 90s, my kids came along and, and I thought, aye, and I'd be in at my work as well, so I worked in IBM at the time. Uh, I used to have to go away a lot, you know, uh, America and stuff like that down south. So uh, I thought probably best if United coaching would be the best idea rather than trying to play. When was it you decided to call it a day in the playing well, career? It was about two thousand. I finally gave up, but it was it was broken up in the nineties. You know, I, I, I'd play when I could play. You know, it wasn't the, the fact that uh, it was because I, I had family life, I had my job, so I just played when I when I could. You know, and basically, I think it was I think it was with uh, West Kilbride. I think it was my that was my last club, Bristol Bay Amateurs, and uh, I stopped there and decided I gave I gave it a break for a couple of years, and then I thought oh, I've got time now I can get into coaching and uh, and that's when I, I went I think I would like to give something back to goalkeepers, you know, because when I was taught. You had to teach yourself, you know. You didn't have a goalkeeping coach. And that's when I thought, right, I'll do that. And I, I started going out and doing that. And uh, I actually went back to St Andrews and I started coaching goalkeepers. And uh, 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 it was about six months later that uh, George Wall, because George was our manager where I worked in IBM, and he said, why don't you come up and coach at Benburg? Frank Lovering, and I said, I think I'm all right at that standard. He goes, I said, I come up and try it and see. So I went up and I really enjoyed it for the season. Had a good season because people heard of this, me coaching keepers, and we used to come for all over, you know. We used to get about 12 boys. I'm coaching the Benberg keepers, a couple of Benberg keepers there. We used to get all these kids and so we used to have a wee group one side and coaching member keepers and, as well. So it worked out quite well and I thought, ah, I'm really into this now. I'm quite enjoying it. You know? 
how did the kind of coaching compare to the the playing side of things? Have you? Oh, you I was always, playing, always, always. The fit was always going, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the side of the park or whatever. You know, yeah, still desperate to be involved and kick the ball, but time wasn't on my side, you know. So I thought, nah, I'll enjoy the, the coaching level. At least you're out and about and you're. You're there and enjoying it, you know. What do you what do you think when you kinda of look back at your playing career? Were you were you happy with everything you've done or uh, is there kinda of any overriding memories from your playing days? Wish they hadn't yeah, get injured so much. <laughs> uh, and the weather was better in Scotland. I might have went on did something. My wife always said that I always wanted to be a wag, you know. <laughs> Uh, so you, you moved into into coaching with Ben Burb. Uh, how kind of solid was that to kind of build up your your experience yeah, of coaching? Was, was more than I, I was good to work with. I mean, it's different coaching youngsters. You know, there's only so much they can do. But when you're you're coaching older guys, twenties uh, and thirties, uh, then you, you can see what you, you can get out of them. You know, you can push them a wee bit harder. And, and do things that you kind of do with kids, you know, uh, and, and the coaching scheme of it, you know. So uh, I thought I, I enjoyed that. Uh, and then I got the, the chance to go to Norton. And I jumped at it on the pro youth side. And, and so uh, how, did, uh, how did that come about? How did you end up at uh, Morton? Uh, well, who was it now? I think it was the, we, we went there with, when I started my, uh, before that, in 2001, we started my um, football development in Williams Bay, myself and four other guys who started it. And I think it was just by chance that Morton were down the Battery Park and we were there. And I went over and I saw it wasn't very good. <laughs> and when the coaching side of it for keepers, and I, I just went over to him and I said, so, you know, I, I could spare a night if you want coming over and uh, coaching. And I, I knew one of the coaches. Well, oh, I wouldn't mind that if you, if you do that. And it sort of started from there, you know. I gave up it. I made up one night to go and coach at Morton and then it caught on and uh, the pro you started later on and, and that's how it came about, you know, just by luck. Just in terms of, of coaching pro youth goalkeepers, how did that differ to, to uh, kind of training for, with, 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 with Ben Bird and uh, a, a team like that? Is, is there a kind of whole different approach to it? Or? Well, obviously you're coaching the... the 11, 12-year-olds at one end of it, but you've got the 19-year-olds, 18, 19-year-olds at the other end, you know, uh, who were more or less adults and you could get the best out of them, you know, it, it was good. So you're going coaching maybe the, the under-12s one night, then you take the under-18s the next night or combine them and, you know, you make up routines with where younger ones could do one part of it, but the older ones could do 
the more advanced part, you know, the training, you know. So it was good that way. And uh, how have you how have you seen coaching change? Uh, like you said, there wasn't much when you were younger in terms of actual uh, goalkeeping well, coaching and things well, like that. Obviously, you've got the grounds. It's mostly astroturfs where you're coaching these sort of teams now. You know, it changes. Uh, because, you know, when we coached and stuff like that, it was in the mud. Pouring rain, mud. Whereas, it's a bit, quite a bit different. And you, and you can do the, the techniques and, and the actual equipment you can get for doing it on a, 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 an AstroTurf is a lot easier, a lot better, whereas in the mud, you just get bogged down and uh, doesn't work the same, you know, so uh, it was good to uh, put me to train at Battery Park and it was a, a good surface, so it, it pulled well for training keepers, you know. You, you talk about the, the equipment, uh, how much has that developed from when you first started? I mean, because obviously goalkeeping to begin with, there wasn't even even gloves and, <laughs> and things like that to begin with. Aye, when I started, it was a pair of your mom's gloves, so I <laughs> cloth pair. You know, they used to have these cloth pair in the put. Remember, the, remember, they used to get a green pair of gloves with the wee rubber stickers on the back of them. That was a that wasn't even the, for the that was for punching. That wasn't even for gripping. And I. I I, I love it when the, I think it was what was it Meyer, the German keeper. He used to come out with the big gloves thing. He was one of the, the, the first guys that came out with the big big gloves. And I was like, brilliant, glad to see that because it was well needed, you know. Because not having a, a decent pair of gloves to to wear was it was the bane of your life away in them days, you know. It was great to see him come. Even, even the strips, some of the goalkeeper strips used to wear, you know, you get one big strip, you know, <laughs> that was, your, was hanging right down your knees, you know, and, uh, and it was made of cotton, whereas the strip, the type of strip you've got on now, you know, they started coming in in the, the late 80s, you know, which was good, which was a lot better, a lot lighter, you know. Then, in terms of the kind of the pro youth side of it, how how rewarding is it being able to see people that are kind of in the system for a long time, and you're working alongside them, kind of build up to be I, uh, an adult? No, <laughs> it's, it's really good. I always like to see kids who have come through the ranks, you know, and, and progressed. I mean, there's a lot. Obviously, there's a lot who never, but it's it's really really pleasing if you've. Had some bearing on his career, you know, to coach and see him still playing, you know, really, really, really chuffed at that. And we we had a lot of that at uh, our football development uh, at Williams Bay, uh, seeing loads of kids. I mean, uh, young Jack, who's now playing with us, he came through your system, you know. And even young Craig, he was he was there for a few weeks. So I've got to say, ah, yes, <laughs> he, was, he was there, you know. <laughs> he came through the ranks, you know, but it's good to see a lot of the large players who, who did come through your system. Uh, uh, brilliant, you know, there's a lot of young talent there. 
in terms of uh, goalkeepers you worked with, is there anyone anyone would know or any any particular goalkeepers you worked with that went on to do good things? Hey, I think. <laughs> that's a that's a good question. Anything <laughs> hey, in the minute? Not really, you know. <laughs> There's a, a couple of boys here. I mean, quite a few of them did go into the modern ranks uh, from our system, you know, but can you say who they're playing with now, you know? Uh, did you ever work with uh, kind of any of the, the modern boys that are, are now at, at Wags in terms of the goalkeepers? Did you ever work with Danny or, or Jama before before they came to Wags? No, Danny was a wee bit after I left, I think Danny came in and Jama. Never really was at pro youth stage. Uh, he was more going for the, the reserves at the time. So he was. Uh, uh, but oh, uh, I think uh, he's called to uh, Pendlock. Uh, Ryan. McWilliams. McWilliams. Hi, Ryan was one of my boys. Ryan. Player. Uh, Ryan was, I coached Ryan uh, at Morton. So I did. I knew it was <laughs> uh, So when you ended up, uh, ended up leaving Martin, uh, how uh, what kind of happened there? How did that come about? Uh, ten years, back? I did ten years of it. Uh, my development was needed. Me more sort of thing. So mm. I just thought, yeah, time to go, time to go. And there was a bit of chopping and changing uh, at that time. John Laird was there for quite a while uh, then. He, he went away and Warren Hawk came in and started changing everything and it, it was run more or it was run better and I just couldn't give the time what they were wanting from me you know uh, and so I decided uh, times got, got more time to spend with my family and uh, at Williams Bay with her going, you know. How did you enjoy just kind of working with uh, the, the kind of development academy? It's a kind of different style, I suppose. To... Yeah, yeah. And the boys uh, that I had there was uh, been together for nineteen years when we finally gave it up. But some of them had been there right at the start. My pal Tam, we we, we started it. You know, it was good. We had a good uh, together, you know, relationship together. So uh, it was good. And and nurturing a lot of young men. What was good for the development was we had boys who would come back and want to coach, you know, after they went through the development. There was an opportunity for them to come back to us whenever they wanted. And uh, that was really good at our the development where the boys came back and coached. It was good to just stand back and watch them coach years later, you know, after I'd been through it. So it was a good day. Good ethics going through the, the club at that time, you know. Uh, and then, uh, as it happens, you're, you're an award winner. We've got an award winner and I'm at, you were given the SFA Development Award uh, for the work that you've done. How, how good was that? Ah, it ah, was great, though. Eh? Hmm. We worked hard at it, you know. It just didn't come easy, you know. But you've got a, a keen committee 
who are there to do things right and uh, work hard and get as many. We didn't work in teams as much. We wanted the development to, to, to become first, you know. Then, if we had enough time, bring on teams at a time. And uh, no, it was, it was great to see a kid who cared to us, couldn't kick a ball. It wasn't just about ability, it was just getting kids, no matter their ability, to come on and enjoy it and play football. And that was what it was all about, fun and just being able to kick a ball and seeing them going out the door with a happy face, you know. Great, great to see. And then uh, working a call up almost towards modern times, you ended up coming to us here at Wags uh, in 2018. How did All that right. come about after having a bit of well, time out of coaching well, a team? Big, big Peter Connor. Big Peter was a coach at Argoon way back. And Ben, his son, I used to coach Ben. And uh, I had a good relationship with Peter, even though he's a St. Mern supporter. Uh, but Peter was always at me to come to Lars. Well, way before he asked me, you know, a few seasons back, he, he said, why don't you come down? I said, nah, I've got enough to my plate. Then he said, right, when he's got promoted to the, the Premier Division, he says, right, we need we need you. We need a, a goalkeeping coach. And I says, let me think about it. And... Uh, I said, aye, okay, right. So that was basically, basically I came down. And uh, I've enjoyed it, I really have. It's great getting back to hear a crack at standing on the sideline and getting ordered off and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aye, it's, it's a great, good crack, you know. Uh, I love it. The boys are brilliant that say the park, so yeah. I didn't want to call you out for that straight away, but uh, <laughs> you're, you're animated in the sideline to say the least. Yes. Uh, that just uh, you get so caught up in it uh, in terms of the emotional yeah. side of it. We'll say, yeah, you wear your heart on your sleeve, definitely. Uh, uh, no, I'm passionate about it, you know, and I like to see us win. <laughs> I like to see us do well, and I like, it. I like teams. I like referees. To be fair. You know, some of the refereeing decisions the last few seasons has been oh, unbelievable, you know, to say the least. And uh, they're doing it in a job, they only see it as, as fast as it happens, you know. They're only human, I suppose. So are we. <laughs> Uh, how do you how do you find it, Alex? I mean, you've coached some great goalkeepers in your time. Me, of course, uh, uh, top. <laughs> top of the lot. Definitely, <laughs> I'm, I'm great for a warm up. To be fair, uh, that's that's all I do. <laughs> but how did you how did you find it coming in, especially changing it from when I first came down? Uh, despite the fact that we were uh, a club doing really well, we didn't have a goalkeeper coach. We literally just went on our own thing. There was no structure to it. So how did you find yeah. coming in and changing that? No, not, not a problem, you know. Uh, I've got ideas. I listen to you guys. You've got ideas. Uh, Arnie's got ideas. You know, everybody's got ideas and try to put it together and work on things. If I see something that's happened during the game, try and incorporate it into training the next time. So... We work on it, get it worked out, get it better. Uh, 
No, it's, it's not a problem. I've, I've got a million, a million routines, as you know, because not every routine's the same. Uh, I like to bring in something different every week, uh, just to get you on your toes, you know. So, no, I love what I do, and I hope you used to. And I, I don't know what your thought on it is. Uh, we've, we've talked before about the kind of golfing standard, and I think uh, kind of the goalkeeping things, one position in particular, I don't think there's a huge golfing standard between a lot of goalkeepers at our level when you start to move up into, you know, kind of League One, League oh, Two, because you see a lot of people make that make that step. Aye. There's not a lot of difference, you know. If you're good enough, you could play anywhere, you know. And you've got to think that as well, you know, you've got to have the confidence to go out there and Believe in yourself and do it, you know. As soon as you show fear or whatever, then your strikers see that, you know, and murder you, you know. And then uh, in terms of just kind of lags, the club away from the goalkeeping side of that, how how different is the lags you're coaching for now compared to the lags that you played for back at the kind of start of the 80s? I, I, it's uh, a lot different, a lot different, uh, I would say for the better now, you know, uh, before then, obviously, the coaching routine is, we didn't have any goalkeeping coaches then, but uh, so I was I was just left in my own devices and just trained with the team, whereas it's more structured now. I mean, we've got Arnie, Martin, uh, Andy and Liam all taking bits, all adding, and whereas... We had one coach then, uh, and it was then that nothing else, you know, what, what, whatever he had on his plate, that's what he went through. So, and it wasn't the incentive then, it was, we were playing in Division Two, quite low down, you know, and so, uh, all different, you know, more structured. Uh, just in terms of the the team, uh, which are kind of thoughts on what we've, what we've built at Lags, we've got quite a kind of young core here. I mean, even your, your three goalkeepers, none of us are over 23 or 24, uh, <laughs> yep. and things like that. Uh, but how do, how do you see Lags kind of moving forward? Oh, I mean, the way Arnie has brought in a, 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 a young group, uh, we saw it start our last season, where it was 9-0 with beat. It's all coach waiting on nothing. Yeah. Right at start. And I thought, these boys are whippets, you know. <laughs> I mean, I just ran them off the park and I thought, we play some good junior teams and, and the fitness is there to run them off the park, you know. Uh it catches up on us when we go to big Quagmire parks, you know. It's not the same so you gotta change your tactics and whatnot, but but uh, We've got him fit, Arnie's got him fit and really looking to win things, you know, and it was great first season I came and uh, that's why getting the Scottish was absolutely brilliant and I think we were unbeaten, well, I'm saying we were unbeaten that first season at Barfield because I never, I wasn't at the Auckland Lake game, <laughs> so I'm claiming I'm, I'm unbeaten that season, so. Mark Miller, he always said that as well. I never came to Auch after the Auckland Lake game. So we're claiming 
we are unbeaten that season at Barfield. That's, that's correct. Which was brilliant. And uh, it was what a great year. What a great year. Uh, how much are you, you looking forward to the future just in this kind of setup we're in yeah. and then obviously there's the, the chance hopefully that we can get a um, SFA licence or whatever soon to compete uh, in the, the Senior Scottish Cup how much uh, yeah. how, how can we make strides and things like that moving forward as well do you uh, see us being able to push on I hope so and I, I'm sure we can because the guys that are in charge now are, are, are seen we could we could do something here and I think we've got a great squad we've got a great management setup uh, a great coaching structure I think why not Wells were oyster isn't it if we can get backing we can get floodlights and whatnot get I don't know uh, I don't know how we're situated uh, how Barfields is situated for getting all these things in but you never know if, if the green light there and they're allowed to do things and we made think... leaps and bounds this year haven't they with all the new uh, training uh, the changing rooms look excellent uh, as do the as does as do the kitchen I know yeah. see one thing see the minute we're able to start playing again I know it's been quite difficult for the last year I know we did obviously play between October and December but it wasn't the same because fans weren't there and with hindsight it was going to be very hard to get through that season even if the second wave hadn't happened I think see once we get I'm confident by July we'll have people in I think we'll get good calls because people want to come and see a game again people want to go again and that will help a bit of the morale and that will help maybe I will admit as you know I run the club social media I love running the club social media but I feel as if this is my point of view that a lot of our people that follow us, there's only so many times I can post messaging that we can't wait to see you soon. Remember to stay safe. Yeah. They will yeah. write messaging, but it's only so many times. See, after yeah. a year, you're, and it's only so many times that people just want to start playing again. And there was good reason why we couldn't play with yeah. people, why we couldn't. But people want to start once it starts again, I think it will be brilliant to be part of. And I think we're almost there. We just need to follow the rules and stay safe. I, I think we've got a nucleus there who support, want to come back all the time. You know, but it's getting out there to the ones... How, how, do, how do you get the ones who are bordering on, oh, say they're going to come and don't come? You know, it's... Yeah, between a, a rock and a hard place sort of thing, you know, try to get these support through, you know, maybe big billboards, get a big billboard up as you come into Lars, come and see a thistle, you know, <laughs> something. You never know, that's an, you never know, that's an idea. You know, Lars, uh, 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 signs, Lars thistle this way, you know, <laughs> and, and the game's up, you know, when we're playing, you know, maybe Andy could cut something into the grass, uh, doing the front, can I Paul touch the point there slightly with the, the COVID stuff how how strange have you found this year Bucky with the Off. not being able to play or not being able to train quite a lot unbelievable uh, made a, I was made redundant last June so I've been trying to think of things to do you know I built a bar at the back I've, I've 
been painting my house. I've done all sorts, and then I get fed up. And then that winter was murder, just dragging my heels, and 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 the season being on and off and whatnot. And I did say army that last one, but just before the the, the cold, I hoped it in January. Uh, I don't want to come back until things are safe, you know, because I'm now a, a grander, you know, and uh, my wife's got MS and whatnot, so I've got to watch, I've got to be safe, you know, so but now I've had my job and uh, things are going the right way, then I'm, I'm desperate to get back, <laughs> desperate to get back. Yeah. yeah you feel so, you know, like, like the big fans are wee Tommy, you know, he came doing to see the game, you know, he had his stone outside, you know. So, sorry, just in terms of the, the future, Bucky, uh, how much longer can we expect to see a kind of Bucky Masterclass of coaching down at Barfield? Do you plan on sticking <laughs> around? Unless my leg, my leg collapses under me, aye, <laughs> I'll be here. And then as my family wants me, definitely, you know, I'll do yeah. as much as I can. Uh, we talked about progression. Maybe you can hang around long enough to finally see Murray Grayson play a few minutes. Yes, <laughs> we'll see about that one. <laughs> you have played in you have played in friendlies. Yes. I've played in friendlies, friendlies. The competitive debut will be a big day for me, I must admit. It's quite remarkable because see that first season, there's maybe one thing we mentioned that first season. We had six keepers at one point. We oh. had Murray, we had Blair, we had Daniel, Ross, Jamie, and Sean. Sean. And also Sean. we had Aaron, uh, who he, he came up to training for a wee bit as well. So we had seven keepers technically. So that was quite that was quite that was quite the season of the keepers. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to talk about, Bucky at all? Anything else you want to mention? Uh, no, I just I hope we get the, the boys back okay, most of the, the group and we can push on and have a right good season next season, you know, because we, start, we started to tick there, you know, to go over, I mean, the first game of the season when Laurie gets sent off just right away, you know, but we, I, th- I thought we were a better team against Clyde Bank, you know, uh, and just unfortunately we get beat half a meter the next game, so it knocked us a wee bit, but we, we started coming on to a good thing and bringing in young Sean, I think that he's one for the future. And uh, we've got a good young nucleus with a good uh, spine of uh, experience there, you know. So uh, I'm quite confident we'll, we'll do well and uh, go to greater things, maybe win the Scottish one. Again. I, I can't wait to inviting the big to I say inviting to we're playing the big teams of Scotland down at Barfields. Yes. Get them coming get them coming down playing in the Barfields win machine and see how they cope then. That's that. <laughs> uh, uh, when I played there, I never remembered the wind being so bad. You know, it just seems to be I don't know whether it's the astroturf where it just picks up off it, but it comes in both directions. Across you no know, over from Mulport and doing over the hills. It's either one way or the other, you know, you'd never get it. Very rarely get a flat calm day. You know? That's part of the challenge of it. That's part of the joys oh. of playing a, for a seaside team. <laughs> oh, that night, uh, Danny could hardly kick it out of the box and was going over his head, going out for a, a corner. It was a troon. That was 
the game it was postponed, uh, cancelled, didn't it? Yep. Yeah. It abandoned, didn't it? I've seen that before. The joys of midweek football. Oh, it was great. <laughs> I've seen that before. We played a game at Barfield to the the goalkeeper, the, the goalkeeper at the time because I was playing outfield that season. Uh, put a goal <laughs> kick out for a put a goal kick out for a corner. <laughs> that was. Uh, I think we were playing like one of the better teams in the league, and I mean we were rotten. We won about three or four games all season. We were one nothing up at half time, and you just knew the second half was going to be an onslaught. <laughs> I actually think I think this is a a, a good place for us to wrap up. Um, Thank you everyone for listening and Paul and Bucky for joining us. Uh, it's been good to catch up and get a chat because I know I'm certainly not uh, not been seen yet training like that recently. <laughs> so uh, we all look forward to getting back uh, and everyone stay safe. We look forward to seeing you soon. Cheers, Murray. Yeah!